0: Thanks for downloading and listening to a Quick Timeout Out podcast presented by Dr. Dish Basketball. If you're in the market for a shooting machine, look no further than Dr. Dish Basketball's incredible lineup of shooting machines. Their CT, All-Star Plus, and Rebel Plus models have been bought by thousands of programs around the world, while their home model is being used by players all over the country, right in their own backyards and driveways. New to the lineup this year is the Dr. Dish facility model for those with basketball training businesses. These machines are must-have for those looking to take their shooting to the next level. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Today's guest has over 25 years of NBA coaching experience, including time with teams like the Spurs, Grizzlies, and Pacers. He's currently an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. Coach Chad Forcier. Coach, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for
1: having me, coach.
0: Are you the kind of guy that once your team is done, you, you kind of disconnect from things or you keep watching the NBA playoffs?
1: It depends. Um, you know, I I do love to watch the playoffs. I think NBA playoff basketball is the best sport on the planet. But, you know, when you, when you go out in a, in a situation where you were hoping and expecting to be playing longer, it can leave a, a tough taste in your mouth and you end up wanting to um, – take a few days probably to get away from it but I'll probably tune in and watch the uh the Boston game tonight and I'll definitely watch the NBA finals
0: it doesn't always seem to be this extreme but you see in a few of the series this year where you have like these huge 15 20 point swings from game to game and I heard someone just today kind of attribute that to purely teams shooting and making or missing three-pointers do you feel like that's the case or is it more than that
1: you know, I think that the, the three-point shot has definitely been the most potent um, ingredient or variable, you know, in the game, um, just the way they, the game is played now. If teams can get enough in the air and if they go in, it's, it's going to be explosive. Some nights, you know, defenses have done a good job keeping the attempts down and, or, you know, some nights you get your attempts and you just can't get them to go in. So undoubtedly that's been, that's been a major factor. And then you know it's it's been a playoff run this year. I think for a lot of teams, where the injury uh, element from game to game uh, throughout a series has has really impacted a lot of teams. I think you know so literally every every game there's just been a, a volatile health report for a lot of a lot of the teams, and and that of course um,
0: you know can make a difference as well. Hey, you guys were without Chris Middleton that last series, and you know the Heat have played without Tyler Hero, and I know the Celtics have have been without a couple of players, a game or two, how much does that change your overall game plan going into either a game or a series?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the most important thing, um, you know, for anybody at any level, it's not just the NBA. If you miss missing your best player your second best player or somebody that's, you know, that's significant, it's going to, of course, change the overall dynamic of your team. And we've seen that with a lot of teams, obviously, that, you know, throughout the run here, you know, um, for a lot, you know, for a lot of teams, just guys that have not been available for whatever reason that are high-level players on a team, and all of a sudden you take their talents and their scoring punch out of the lineup. Everybody around them has to fall into a
0: different role. It, it changes things. Do you feel like it's tougher preparing for a team like the Mavs that have like a dominant player like Luca, or for a team like the Warriors where you know they move the ball quickly, they have several guys who can beat you or can get hot on any night or does it not matter
1: no you know you're just always game planning for whatever the strengths are of your opponent you know in golden state's case their style is is different but they still have dominant a dominant player obviously in, in staff and clay thompson's a dominant player so you get those guys uh even though their style may be more complicated in terms of the movement and maybe less isolation and things of that sort it really doesn't matter. In the end, you have to figure out a way to, to take away the strengths of your opponent and find your pathway to winning. Once you get to to that level, when you get to the conference finals and the NBA finals, obviously both teams have great strengths, and both teams are, you know, in the case of the conference finals, all four teams that have gotten there aren't there by accident, and they've all gotten there, you know, with their with their own style and with their own strengths, and all you have to do is, you know, come up with the way that you're going to overcome you know what they do and and figure out how to win
0: you know most of the time you've got a a day maybe two days in between games in a series can you talk about the process of preparing players for changes from game to game
1: yeah usually you know we tend to the the typical way we would do things again it is schedule related in the first round you, you know the playoffs tend to stretch out longer sometimes there's two or three days between games and so you're figuring out how to manage that schedule the correct way in terms of, you know, rest and and allowing guys to maybe get away from the series for a day. But once you get into the rhythm of the every other day, you know, schedule that tends to happen once you get, you know, into the second round. We're usually coming in <clears throat> every day after the game, uh, win or lose and taking a look at, at at the film. You know, we put an edit together of things that went well and things that didn't. Regardless of win or lose, you you know, you're always have things to look at that you didn't do as well as you wanted to, or you learned something in terms of the adjustment that your opponent made, or you know, what have you. And so, we put together an edit, get together with the players, you know, examine it. A lot of times, the the films are pretty long. You can sit in the theater together, Um, you know, at times your film session might be an hour long. Um, that's not necessarily a rule, but it also you know, can be that in, that intense in terms of what you're what you're taking a look at, and then you decide you know what you want to take to the floor, and usually it's pretty limited because you're not going to want to spend a ton of physical energy on the you know on the wood as you go through a series. But you have to identify what things need to be taken from the from the mental and and applied to the physical in order to you know get the muscle memory and and feel prepared and allow the players to feel prepared. But that's usually only one, maybe two things that you're going to actually go out on the floor and try to get some some physical reps on. And, again, as, you know, as a series goes on from game to game, it ends up taking on a life of its own, and there's a whole lot of different, you know, just the way a series evolves, um, you know, what your plan was maybe in game one or game two. By the time you're into game five or six or seven, you may be having an entirely different strategy depending on, on how
0: it's going. Originally designed for CrossFitters, King Kong has become the number one gym bag for 80,000 plus CrossFitters, powerlifters, bodybuilders, and general gym goers worldwide. King Kong bags are the toughest in the game and built to stand up to the test of time. You can drag them around, pack them to the max, and take them on the toughest of adventures with confidence, but being tough isn't everything, which is why every bag is designed to be as smart as possible. All King Kong bags are decked out with all the pockets and compartments you'll ever need. So you can keep organized and confident you have everything you need at hand. We're talking shoe compartments, laptop sleeves, multiple bottle pockets, wet zones for your towel, quick access foam pockets, meal prep storage, and even a unique weightlifting belt attachment. From the smallest of details like the zips to the quick release buckles and rip stops internal lining, every inch of King Kong bags feel great in your hand. King Kong bags are so much more than your average gym bag. They're the foundation and support to help you through every workout, changing the way we move through preparation, organization, and confidence. A King Kong bag is your daily reminder to pack for greatness within the gym and beyond. I feel like elite-level athletes already, they probably pick up things pretty quickly, pretty well.
1: Yeah, I mean, by the time, uh, you know, if you have a team that's, that's a, a contender, by contender, like if if you reach the conference finals, you're in serious, you know, conversation, you know, to make the final four of the NBA. Young teams aren't gonna, you know, aren't gonna get to that level. So you're gonna have a team that has enough, you know, veteran experience and 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 balance with, you know, not just your talent but but experience and you know, guys that are seasoned pros that, you know, have been through it before and understand how playoff series um, are won, understand how playoff series evolve. And, and, and so they've, get, they've got that experience. That's just, that's just the way it is for, for teams that, that can make it that far in a, in a playoff season.
0: Can you think of a strategy that you all made, an adjustment of some sort, that maybe either changed the course of a game or changed the course of a series?
1: You know, a lot of times, and it doesn't even require a specific example, but a lot of times the key adjustment that tends to impact playoff series uh, as simple as it sounds, um, and it's not just unique to being here with the Milwaukee Bucks or, or otherwise. But more times than not, it ends up being what seems to be really simple things, such as you know, um, extending your pressure, increasing your physicality, just doing a better job guarding the ball, things in the trenches, you know, winning 50-50 balls, doing the work on the boards that you have to do. Uh, a lot of a lot of things end up becoming real basic, fundamental things, and more times than not, just you know, increased ball pressure, bringing your pickup points up, doing a better job with your physicality, and being the more physical team, being the the, the aggressive team from that standpoint. A lot of times, that'll that'll be a you know real influential adjustment, so to speak.
0: One adjustment that you're seeing a little bit more now: possessions of zone defense and uh, sometimes extended possessions of, of zone defense for longer periods of time. Maybe it's just because the media talks more about it when it works, but do you feel like that's effective?
1: Well, I think it's effective based on who's using it. You know, if it's part of fabric of who you've been throughout the year and, you know, your team trusts it, you're, you know, you've used it, you've had experience with it, uh, you understand, you know, you're tied together, you understand what you're doing that's really the first step and I think it's also an adjustment that you know a, a lot of coaches can go to for a variety of reasons sometimes it can be you know a foul trouble situation sometimes it can be a depth you know situation sometimes uh, of course it can be to, to change the the rhythm of a game um, sometimes it can just be you know you have a key matchup that you just don't have another you know avenue to you know to solve successfully so I think there's a lot of variables that go into it. Typically what a lot of NBA coaches also do if they do have or use a zone is really like anybody. I think it's probably the same in, in high school and in college. If it's working, you'll stick with it. And most of the time we tend to judge if it's working in two ways. You know, are, are they are they making threes over the top of it uh, and, and are they getting offensive rebounds back? If somehow you can make a miss and, and come up with the board, you know, a lot of times, you know, you'll stay with it, and but then again, it depends on the other end of the court too. I mean, are you able to score? You know, there's not a lot of teams that are willing to try to run back after misses and, and get into their zone. It's obviously harder to get it set. There's a lot of there's a lot of variables to it. You know, what's going on on the end of the floor? Are, are you are you able to put the ball in? Are you able to get to the free throw line and get back and get that thing set? So you know, you just have to take the take the whole thing into account.
0: Do you feel like there's anything in the last two or three years that's been tough to guard or tough to prepare for or something that's newer to the NBA game?
1: I would really just say that, as you already mentioned earlier, that just the the proliferation of just how many threes teams are putting in the air and and spreading the floor out, you know, with 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 shooting, you know, just the space game just makes it really hard. You know, to be able to to get out and and cover that, and you're in a in an era right now where a lot of teams want to get as many threes in the air as they can. You're not just having to run out at the 40 or 42 percent shooter. You know, there's 33 percent shooters that are out there taking any any time they can get one because that's the the philosophy. You know, and and the math ends up being in in your favor if you can get the threes in the air. You know, so trying to cover that, you know, with where the NBA line is, and and also have a sound defense where um, you know, you're not porous and, you know, you're not going to be giving up the rim it just makes it really hard. And so I think that's that's really the biggest thing is, is how how rosters are built, um, you know, beside the style. If you get teams that that really can you know, spread the floor you know, with enough shooting at all the positions, it, it, it makes it really tough.
0: I'll ask you one silly question just because I heard it on the radio this morning. What would happen if for one game next year? They took away the three-point line.
1: <laughs> oh, man. That's that's a great – I've never even thought of it. That's a, that's a great question.
0: For one night next year, every team in the NBA, you all on the exact same night don't play with a three-point line.
1: That would be a, a, a wild experiment. <laughs> I'd like to see it, actually.
0: I don't know the implications for the rest of the game, but I know there's this thought process of just people jacking up three-point shots but it really has revolutionized the spacing and then how everything else falls within the half-court offense. Wouldn't there be a lot of other things that resulted because of it?
1: Yeah, I would think so. I think it would expose you know, a lot about how people play the game and who understands the game and, and you know where the reality of different skill sets are, and it would for sure be a, be a fun
0: experiment. That's Coach Chad Forcier, assistant coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. Coach, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Coach. I appreciate it.